Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. If you've tuned in with us earlier today, you notice that we have a double header today, which is very exciting. We had Representative Ron Gillum on with us about, I don't know, an hour or so ago, and um, he had a couple things to say about his opponent. His opponent is for mandated government mask uh, things and 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 for uh, pharmacists not being able to prescribe ivermectin. And so today we have with us Robin <laughs> Bjork, who is actually, you know, we have two kind of coinciding topics, who's helping organize the uh, AK Alaska Health Symposium, which I'm sure there's a better name for it than that. But Robin, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. How are you doing today in your neck of the woods? I'm doing great, John. I'm out here in Palmer. I have a beautiful view of Pioneer Peak and it's a beautiful day and there's moose hunting going on and I'm happy to be here and to represent and tell you about the Medical Freedom Symposium for all Alaskans coming up this Saturday on September 17th. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about this. You're helping or- organize it and coordinate it. You know, um, there's folks that are that'll be listening here that will hear for the first time what this is. So mm-hmm. give us kind of in a nutshell what the Alaska Medical Freedom Symposium is and how did it come about in the first place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're really excited about it. I mean, this is kind of a uh, uh, replay or uh, update of what we had last year. There was actually a symposium about a year ago and it was in Anchorage and tremendous turnout. And we have had major speakers coming from all over the U.S. to talk about um, COVID-19 and early treatments and uh, where we we were at and what we could do. And um, so this is a little bit different in that we have a lot of specialists coming back, but now we're kind of in the whole uh, vaccine mandates and uh, vaccine injury uh, segment of that. And even though it seems like there's a little bit of a lull right now with mandates and a lot of medical tyranny, for a lot of people behind the scenes, they're still experiencing that. Um, and also we anticipate possibly with the elections coming up and going into the fall with flu season, virus season, um, that we may have more things coming down the pike. There's a lot of things behind the scenes that are happening. We want the public to be aware of and to be prepared and ready to uh, defend your constitutional rights, defend your medical freedoms um, if more things are coming and also wherever you are at right now. That's awesome. So my guess is that this particular group of folks is not in favor of mask mandates and COVID vaccine mandates. True. Yes, that's correct. And we will be providing the scientific evidence because there is a lot of censorship on um, the media. And so it's all aligned with um, scientific information that will be brought forth, uh, data. Uh, We have whistleblowers from within um, the epidemiology databases from the Department of Defense that will be bringing forth information. But you are absolutely right. This is all about medical freedom. And we, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, 
and a sound mind. So even though we've been bombarded in a sense with a lot of uh, bad news, this is going to be very inspirational, empowering, and I hope people walk out of the event uh, much more informed, but also feeling like, hey, I can do something about it. I have rights. I can stand strong and I can uh, leverage my medical sovereignty, my constitutional freedoms, and um, just make sure that as, as individual citizens that we're not feeling like we're all alone and we don't have any, any way to push back. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I, I think that uh, this is going to be good for folks in Alaska. Uh, what's your specific role in it? Are you helping coordinate it? Are you speaking uh, at the symposium? Uh, what's your what do you what's your uh, role with the symposium? So we have um, about 20 speakers and a lot of them are really uh, amazing people that are flying in. And we have a lot of local speakers as well. So my role has been pretty much being overseeing and being in charge of all the moving parts of the entire event. Uh, of course, there's a lot of uh, wonderful volunteers and people that are doing uh, a lot of work behind the scenes. I'll be the one up up in front being the MC and the moderator for the event, trying to keep everybody on time and on task <laughs> so we don't go two hours over. And, um, you know, making sure the tech and all the music and everything's is going well, but it's going to be at the Glen Massey Theater, and they've got a whole team of uh, technical experts and all that. So it makes my job easy to know that uh, behind the scenes, you know, people are, are working very hard. And uh, this really was inspired by Senator Laura Reinbull, and um, with also the sponsorships of Alaskans for Constitutional Rights. And it really was her vision to pull something together like this, um, a big symposium. Because behind the scenes, she gets a lot of calls, especially from our people in the military, a lot of calls from people that are, are really having their rights assaulted or are suffering a vaccine injury and they don't know where to go to get help and, and to have some kind of recourse for the suffering that they've experienced. And so it was a real passion of hers to do this for the public, to do this for Alaskans. And that's where the vision came from. And I just came on board about six to eight weeks ago, uh, first time ever in, in the legislative uh, employee, you know, being an employee of the legislator, I, I have a medical background, that's where my wheelhouse is, but I have been involved in speaking and medical events uh, because I was a specialist in my own field and that's what I was doing before COVID. So I'm happy to be able to offer skills that I have doing that and I'm really looking forward to it. It's gonna be really exciting and a lot of fun and so a um, lot to pull together, but I feel like everything's coming together beautifully and, and we're going to just have a great time. That's awesome. So, you know, one of the things that because <clears throat> I've had folks on this show that are Democrat senators and very far left leaning individuals, uh, a candidate that was a, a self-proclaimed uh, Democrat socialist and uh, communists. And so we've had oh. folks from all different <laughs> spectrums on this yeah. show. And I think that, you know, one of the things that I think that people often that are on the left side of this issue misperceive is, you know, I'll just speak for myself. I don't mind if people get, if wear a mask, I don't, you know, they could wear 10 masks for, I, I care. You want to get 17 vaccines, go for it. I, I draw the line when you try to force my family to do something uh, and use the government to try to force that. Right. And 
I I think that a lot of people don't like that. And I think that um, the the left tries to miskew that to saying that somehow myself or people like me are going to discriminate against people that wear masks. I could care less if people wear masks or get 17 vaccines. I just don't want the government mandating that I should do that. And I don't think that they should be mandating that, you know, my neighbor should do that or his, their neighbor. So I'm excited that you guys are doing this symposium. Tell me about, highlight a couple of the kind of top speakers and, and what their backgrounds are and why you're excited they're here. Yeah, I'd love to do that. So we have two Lieutenant Colonel flight surgeons coming and it wasn't even until last week where I I got the authorization to release their names. So I want to tell you about one of them that's going to be coming in person. They're both coming in person. I have a little more information on Lieutenant Colonel Peter Chambers. He's, um, I'm going to have to put my glasses on here because, you know, I'm (laughs) over half a century old now, you know. So um, he's a special operations flight surgeon, recently retired. And he's also a Green Beret flight commander who led uh, foreign defense missions all over the world. Um, Pretty amazing. He also served as um, a SWAT team physician and sheriff's deputy. And unfortunately, he himself experienced a severe adverse reaction to the vaccine. And he, he and Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long, who's a medical doctor, also a flight surgeon, they both became whistleblowers based on the Defense Medical Epidemiology Database System, which, and, oh, and just to translate that, what that means is um, when we're talking about vaccine injury or potential vaccine injury, we will also will have Dr. Ryan Cole uh, sending us a video message on the pathology of vaccine injury, showing what actually happens to the human body when it's exposed to spike proteins, which the mRNA vaccine produces. But when you're talking about that, sometimes it's really difficult. And I think the public may you know, people may not know themselves, uh, well, okay, I started having all this inflammatory stuff or joint pain or weakness or blood clots or a heart attack or foggy brain. And it coincided with, with when, after I had the vaccine, it's really hard to prove that cancer or something else is directly related to the vaccine. But I would tell the public, trust your gut because you've lived in your body longer than anyone else, right? You know your body. So if your gut's telling you, I know something isn't right since I got the vaccine, listen to that. But when it comes to your elite, your your smartest, bravest, most physically fit individuals in the military, and you start seeing unprecedented numbers of injuries directly after the vaccine, and it's in the database, That is a very clear problem, right? And that's what these flight surgeons are going to bring forward. And and most of our speakers have been willing to share information at great um, suffering and persecution and great sacrifice, okay? So it's not just the flight surgeons. We also have uh, like local Dr. Farr, she's treated over 2000 COVID patients effectively with early treatments. She last year after speaking at the event last year, she was under tremendous attack. They were trying to take her license away in Alaska. 
And so that's where we're at. Dr. Meryl Nass is going to be zooming in. She's an internal medicine doctor. And she even, she's a specialist on biological warfare. She even consulted for the director of national intelligence of the United States for the prevention, investigation, and mitigation of chemical and biological warfare and pandemics, and was a major author of a citizen's petition to the FDA regarding these vaccines based on the data she was seeing. And for that, she had her license suspended. Her license was taken away. She's an internal medicine doctor that's been in medicine for years. And she was ordered to undergo psychological psychiatric evaluation, which ties into my topic, HB172, that I'll be talking on. So um, those are just some of the examples of people that will be at the event. Of course, we're going to do legislative updates because... Uh, James Taylor is another uh, speaker, president of the Heartland Institute, founder of uh, founding director of the Heartland's author, Arthur B. Robinson Center for Climate and Environmental Policy. He's presented on every major television station in the United States. And you might wonder, why are we talking about climate change and the environment at a medical freedom symposium? And here's why, John, this is what's coming. It's not just medical tyranny, it's food tyranny, it's energy tyranny, it's, there is a big power, power grab uh, globally. And a lot of this stuff, the infrastructure for implementation is now trickling down through our Defense Department, and even through legislation. And that's where I'll be talking about HB 172 and how that relates to that. Yeah, the, uh, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine a couple of days ago, and we were kind of discussing a friend who does not agree anything remotely near what I think about political wise. And I was telling him, you know, there's other things on the pipeline, like uh, energy control and stuff like that. And, yeah. and he did not believe me. And I brought up the fact that you had Gab the uh, California governor recently on the television telling people when they can and can't use their dishwasher. And uh, if people don't think that some of this stuff is real, all they have to do is turn on their TVs, unfortunately. But um, I try to stay away from that, to be honest. I don't listen to any of the mainstream news. It's pretty much just a big thing to make a lot of money. So um, my, my, my next question to you is this, um, HB 172, tell us about what that is and why people should care about it. Okay, good question. And Honestly, like HB 172, what is that? That's a good question because back in May, May was the first time I heard about HB 172. I was like, what's that? Somebody asked me just as a citizen, you know, would you please help us? Will you testify about, you know, to the Senate Finance Committee um, about HB 172? And actually that was in the, the legislative legislative process for quite a while. I didn't know about it. Um, our governor Dunleavy had... Um, proposed it, introduced it. So it was his bill. Um, senator Shelley Hughes, who is uh, the senator in my area, was a champion of it. And she's conservative Republican. I think a lot of people were really duped with this. And uh, so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll help. I'll testify. But I thought, well, before I testify, I got to read the bill, right? So all I did was read the bill, the actual bill. And then it was based on supposedly this crisis now model. model. So I'm like, okay, well, I better read, read about that. And then there's a, um, a national best practice 
Um, that's about 80 pages long. And, you know, I'm from medical. I, I used to write for publications. So I'm used to reading a lot of medical journals and, you know, putting together research and looking at it. So I'm like, you know, a different reading, different space, but similar. So I read this document. I'm like, this is really strange because what they're saying, presenting even to our legislators um, about the bill and about the Crisis Now program and about the National Mental Health Best Practice isn't aligning with what I'm reading in the bill. So I'm like, what's going on here? So what is this bill? It's, it's the mental health bill. And the way it's presented is it's to help reduce suicides, to help address the growing needs that I believe was caused a lot from this COVID-19 pandemic crisis in the last couple of years, where our leaders from the CDC, like, should I say it, megalomaniac, Mengele Fauci, <laughs> Like to call him that, you know, he's not your friend, but anybody in medical, since that's my background, anybody knows that when you isolate people, when you push the chronic fear and stress button, and that's what it is, we have fight and flight response for a reason to get out of danger quickly. And you have a flood of chemicals in your body to get you going, right? Get, get out of there. But when you keep pushing that button chronically, it suppresses your immune system and it does cause duress, anxiety mental health issues, right? So now all of a sudden they're ushering, this is a global initiative, they're ushering in a solution, much like the solution to the pandemic, even though we had early treatments. So um, mental health, at the end of the day, what it is, John, is mental health arrest by a very greatly expanded group of people through a national hotline now that bypasses the normal, what was in law was a process for petitioning where you got the names, addresses, factual evidence from the people petitioning the court to initiate an emergency court order to take somebody into custody that they felt was mentally ill and a danger to the society. Now it is an anonymous, anonymous call to a mental health hotline that's now been um, put into place in July through hundreds of millions of dollars of funding from the Biden administration. And in a nutshell, it has created a parallel enforcement branch of our Department of Health. Health officers can respond to through mobile dispatch teams to any kind of call in. Mind you, this is anonymous. They don't, there's no accountability for that call. The dispatch to your door, let's say it's you, John, that's under in question. When they get to your door, they that person, it's not a psychiatrist, it's not a necessarily psychologist, somebody that has a, an advanced degree in mental health, but they're going to make a judgment about your mental health at that moment. And if you're like a lot of Alaskans that might not know about this, and suddenly someone's at your door, let's say in the fall, they have a new like, oh, we, we all have to get vaccinated. So these people are coming to your door or there's been complaints about you. If you're not getting along with your neighbors, if your neighbors are upset with you, these are now mental disorder disorder codes. And um, they can come to your door. And if you're like, like me, if somebody came to my door and they're trespassing and then they're asking me all these questions and, and assuming like I have a mental health issue. And, you know, if you're like an Alaskan that says, no way, get off my property and you pump your shotgun, then you're like, oh, they're dangerous. They have the authority now backed by the law to take you against your will into custody 
and take you to a mental health evaluation facility, crisis stabilization center, or crisis residential center. And if you wig out and get all crazy and try to fight, uh, they can also administer psychotropic medications against your will. Uh, this is very frightening to me. And like I said, I am going to try to show through the law and all these documents exactly what it is, how we're being duped, the Trojan horse, what it's being presented as, what the guts are. It's like untangling a bunch of slippery spaghetti noodles is basically what it is. And they are very crafty in the way that they say something like, for instance, it doesn't change at all how you how the legal process of committing someone. Okay, that is way down after you've already been there and taken into custody. Commitment, we're talking about detainment. So they play word games a little bit. So um, that's going to be my role. So for the people that are listening right now that are freaking out because this is the first Don't time freak out. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time they've ever heard about HB 172. It's already in law. The governor has already signed it, I believe. Yes. And um, what, uh, in your opinion, I know this may be above and beyond what the AK Medical Freedom Symposium talks about, but what could somebody do? They're sitting at home. They're like, holy crap, this is a law. This is That's why you what have is, to come to the symposium. What do they do? How, what, what's the action item that they can actually do something positive to that's an excellent question, John, because that's what I didn't want is to freak people yeah, out and then not give solutions at this thing. So um, this Saturday, September 17th, you can come in person at the Glen Massey Theater, Palmer, go to AFCR, Alaskans for Constitutional Rights, 1776, AFCR1776.com. On there, you can register for a seat at the live event. Um, we're giving away today. Uh, 20 tickets, 50% off if when you're checking out, put must read all caps, must read all caps in the cart. Or you can enter a coupon code, you get 50% off. If you can't attend live in Juno, they're going to have a watch party. You can see that on, on the event list as well. You can register for that. Go meet with a whole bunch of people for a watch party. And we do also have live stream that's free. You can register for that. For that. So the first thing you can do is come because we're going to have speakers such as um, uh, Marilyn Hooper out, out in your neck of the woods, right? Paul and Marilyn, when they were raided by the FBI and they busted down their door and, you know, took them, put them in handcuffs and all that. She's going to do a, a topic on what do you do when they're at your door? And this would apply to an, an erroneous FBI raid. It would apply to IRS agents that are now being uh, trained for uh, using guns and, and kind of weaponizing. You're kind of like, why do IRS IRS agents need that, but that, that if it's child protective services, if it's a health officer, anything, you just need to kind of know how to manage that situation, what your rights are, what you can do to protect and prepare for that. So there will be, that is exactly what I wanted to happen at this event, not to create more chaos and confusion and anxiety, but again, God has not given us to a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind to give us tools and resources to know what to do in these situations because it's new for all of us. Yeah. When somebody knocks on your door and says, I'm from the government, I'm here to help. Oh yeah. It's like, that's We're gonna teach, to make it sounds like you're going to, you're going to teach them how to respond to that, which is very exciting. I'm looking forward to learning myself because I want to know what do I do? So do you have any uh, last minute things you want to chat about before we head off here? Um, uh, this has been fun. Interesting. I think folks, you know, if you're listening in, I want to encourage you to go, you know, check out the website, 
sounds like they got a good 50% off deal with that coupon code. Um, and it sounds like they're probably going to sell out is my guess. So if you're interested in going, get your tickets now because the event's only in, I think, three days or something like that. Yep. It's this Saturday. It's nine to five, nine to five. Um, we will have uh, food there. So we'll have snacks all day. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, go to AFCR1776.com to find all the options for registration, including the live stream, including uh, getting your seat uh, right there. Again, John, we created the 50% off coupon just for must read, must read all caps. If you are a veteran or in the military, we want you to be there. And if you just type in all caps military, we have uh, special complimentary seats for our military veterans right. and active military. And then we also have sponsored seats for anyone in hardship. Um, that is also on the website, AFCR1776.com. If you can't afford this event, but you want to come, don't let money limit you. We have sponsored seats. That's what it's there for. Just click on that and then you um, can have your uh, entire registration sponsored by generous donors that have a heart for medical freedom that wanted to provide that opportunity so everyone can attend. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Robin. I really appreciate it. Everybody go check out the AK Medical Freedom Symposium on that website. We'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, for folks so they can go click on it. And uh, we'll be on, uh, I think I have a guest tomorrow. So that'll be exciting. Tune in tomorrow, nine o'clock uh, for another Must Read Alaska show. Uh, until then, I'm John Quick signing off from somewhere in Alaska. And thank you so much, Robin, for joining us today. Signing off from somewhere else in Alaska, John. Thank mm -hmm. you.